Hey, podcast listeners, we just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this. Hey, we had a few technical difficulties recording our message this week, so I kind of wanted to jump in and just kind of catch you up before we jump into about a third of the way through our uh, sermon this week. Um, we're talking about verse 6 in Psalm 23, talking about goodness and mercy following us. And the word good actually means of highest excellence, and the word mercy means unfailing love or loving kindness. And so we've been talking about this series about sheep and their relationship with shepherds. And this particular message, we talked about how sheep actually benefit the ground on which they are grazing. And uh, they actually groom the lawns. They eat uh, a wide variety of grasses and weeds. Uh, Sheep were actually referred to as those of the golden hooves that they would go into a land and bring sheep, a, a flock of sheep into a land, and the land would actually get better because the sheep were there. They actually bring health to the pastures on which they frequent. And they actually fertilize the ground that they're in. So the poop that comes out of them is actually productive. And I know that might sound a little bit funny, but I believe that everything that comes out of our lives when we are following the Good Shepherd will actually produce and make the ground around us fertile. So that's kind of where we're at in this message. And uh, we're going to jump to our service right now. You're grooming the ground. You're pooping on the ground. Everything is getting green. Everything is getting beautiful around you. And all you're doing is eating and following. This is what we do. Well, I just need a different job. I'll start producing. I just need a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I'll start producing. I just need a new church. I'll start producing. Let me tell you right now, you will start producing when you start feasting and you start allowing goodness and mercy to flow through you. You don't need, and I'll just tell you this right now, you don't need a different church. You don't need a, you don't need a different school. You don't need a different education. All you need to do to have goodness and mercy in your life is invest where you're at, and you will watch it happen. So stop. We're going to do a series here in a, a couple of weeks. Uh, started a new series called The Journey. Are we talking about the will of God? But so many times we're like, we're, because we don't see goodness and mercy, we automatically f- blame the situation. It is not the situation. It's not your job. It's not your family. It's not, it's not those around you. Listen, you let goodness and mercy flow, and you watch the grass get greener. You'll stop looking for the grass on the other side on somebody else's plantation, and you'll start realizing, you know what? My life is good, but you've got to eat here. I'm not talking about necessarily church. I'm talking about the position in your life. You've got to eat here. Don't complain about your job. Invest in it. Invest in your clients. Man, I have clients that I work with sometimes, and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going to charge them the such-and-such fee, right? And I kind of look at them like they're a pain in the rear. And so every time they come to me for business, how do I act? Like they're a pain in the rear, and it's a burden. If I would learn to just love them and release goodness and mercy on them, it would bring more pleasure to what I'm doing. I struggle with this too, guys. It's for real. Goodness and mercy is something that flows from us, not something that falls on us. Goodness and mercy will follow you. Surely, 
Didn't say Shirley. Right? Don't call me Shirley. You guys have never seen airplane. Y'all aren't old enough. My dad's kind of laughing a little bit. He knows. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> you don't understand. You don't understand my family. They cussers. They ain't church people. Right? Listen, if he can prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies, don't you think that he has a meal in front of you in front of your colleagues? <laughs> Come on. Listen, we have moved out of this place of the wilderness where we wake up every day hoping that something good falls. We've moved on from that place, from the, from the land where things fall to the place that flows with milk and honey. We are in the promised land. We're not longing for it. We live in it. It's Jesus. It's redemption. What comes out of us is good and mercy. We're not looking for goodness and mercy to happen. We're looking to bring it. God has you wherever you're at to bring goodness, to bring excellence, to bring loving kindness, to bring mercy. God wants you there. Are y'all okay? So if God wants to change his situation, great. I'm not saying that there's not a time for that. We will have transitions in our life. We will have, some of you will not be going to church here in 10 years. I'm not okay with that, but God probably is. <laughs> we will experience transitions. But the, but the question when I stand before Jesus, I believe is going to be this. Did you love where you were at? Did you let goodness and mercy flow? Or were you just waiting for the next thing so you can have the next excuse on why you're not allowing things to function in your life? Because that's what we do, right? Well, if my job was better, if my family was better, if my husband loved me more, if my kids were more well-behaved, if <clears throat> my boss would pay me more, I would be happy. I'm chasing, 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 chasing what's falling. Stop chasing what's falling and start allowing God to work in you, through you, wherever you're at. Goodness and mercy will follow me. Follow me. You need, when you declare that, you say goodness and mercy shall follow me. I'm following the good shepherd. He's led me in goodness and mercy. Now goodness and mercy show up everywhere I'm at. It's good. It's loving. I'm here, so it's good. All the days, this is the next thing, all the days of my life. How many say all? All, they used to have a commercial on TV, A-L-L, all. I think you were talking about soap or something. Listen, goodness and mercy from you doesn't take a day off. Well, I'm in a difficult season. It's just, it's just hard. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just working through some things. Listen, goodness and mercy flowing from you does not take a day off. You will bear fruit in every season. Every season. Even winter, you will bear fruit. Check this out. Psalm 1-3. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Now, the King James Version says in their season. Other translation says in his season. How many know that God doesn't have seasons? And the reason why we know that it's every season is this, because the next verse says, or the next part of the verse says this, their leaves will never wither. So if a tree has leaves, it has fruit. And they prosper in all they do. 
Listen, you are called to produce in every season. But again, it's fruit. You can't force goodness and mercy to flow. It flows out of you. Well, how does that happen? Hold on. Listen, Jesus has such incredible leadership that he established such richness of goodness and mercy in you that you'll bear fruit even when it doesn't make sense. You, you will go through difficulties. You will have things happening to you. Listen, and we all will. Come on. We're going to have hardships. We talked about that last week. Stuff is going to come. It's going to get dirty. It's going to be rotten. You're, and you're, but you're still going to have goodness and mercy. It's still going to be coming. Why? Because it comes out of you. It doesn't come on you. And even in your darkest season, let me tell you this, even in your darkness season, Jesus expects fruit. Lord, can I get a pass on this one? No, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Even on your darkest day, even in your weakest hour, goodness and mercy don't take a day off. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Check this out. Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So we went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it say, now, Jesus, can you, Lord, that's out of context, right? I don't really see mercy here towards that tree. Why was Jesus frustrated at the tree? Because he expected it to bear fruit. One of the other gospels says this, that it wasn't even the season for figs. It wasn't supposed to have figs on it, but Jesus expected it to have figs. So what does he do? He curses it. <laughs> now, you can curse at something, but when Jesus curses at something, that's intense. I mean, he's like, I mean, when you get Jesus fired up, that's, that's intense. And he's ticked off. Why? Because Jesus expects not natural fruit. Jesus expects supernatural fruit. So goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, in season and out of season, in winter and cold and wind and rain. You will produce in every season. How? How will I produce... Pastor, that's that's just that's that's too high of an expectation. Your expectations are too high. No, 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 no. They're just biblical. How? He gives it to us in the next verse. I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, goodness and mercy. Follow because we are well connected to Jesus. It's because we make his presence our dwelling. We make his presence our dwelling. And he makes his presence our dwelling. The, the word dwell there 
doesn't mean just walking around. It actually means to make an inhabitation, a living. You live there. And so in John chapter 15, the, the, the word there in the Greek is meno, and that means to remain, to live in. This is what Jesus says. This ties in real nice. Remain in me. Dwell in me. And I will dwell or remain in you. For a tree cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, unless you dwell in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. You will produce much fruit. I'm just not seeing fruit show up in my life. It's because you're disconnected from the vine. Well, I'm not seeing goodness and mercy. How much time have you spent in God's presence today? Well, you know, if the situations were different. Then he says this. He drops the bomb right here. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember all that ambition we talked about? Heaven forbid if I get to the end of my life and have a real nice house and even have an inheritance for my kids and have tons of money in the bank and I die and I stand before Jesus and he said, you didn't do anything because you did it apart from me. You did it on your own. I don't care how many people know my name. At that moment, that's the only thing that's going to matter. And I'm not saying I'm not going to get in. But I'm saying I don't want anything in his eyes looking at me going, man, I had so much more for you than that. And it didn't even have to do with stuff. You had a lot of stuff, Josh. And you called your business. You said, in Christ, LLC. But I had more for you than that. Apart from me, you did nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away you know, like a useless branch and withers. Such branches, branches are gathered into a pile and burned. Uh-oh. But if you remain in me, if you dwell in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask me for anything you want, and it'll be granted. Whoa. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. I am a child of God. Right? We sing a good song. When you bear much fruit, you're truly, one translation says, NIV, I believe, says, truly, you're my disciples. And this is what he says. This brings great glory to my Father. Can I get somebody to come up and play? Listen, when you bear fruit, it brings glory to the Father. He's not just sitting around heaven going, it's time you produce. When you produce, he realizes that the only reason you're producing is because you're well-connected. And he's like, I love that we're in relationship together. I love that you dwell in me and I live in you. I love what you're doing is effective. I love that goodness and mercy are flowing through you. I love that. It brings glory to my Father. All of a sudden, we're in this ecosystem of love. 
we're in this connection with God where the things that are coming out of our lives are of God. Goodness is coming. Everything that we're touching is prospering. People around us love us. Not because we're dressing a certain way or talking a certain way or giving them a good deal. It's because the goodness of God is pouring out of your lives. And every area is being enhanced. And you're not working for it. The only thing that you're working for is just dwelling in Jesus. And it's not even work. Are you all okay today? Can I tell you that producing fruit in Jesus is an act of worship? When you produce fruit, he's like, yeah. He's not like, it's about time. It's not like that at all. He's like, yeah, I put that in you. Yeah. I put that in you. Check this out. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. This is going back to what we're saying, but I, w- I want you to get this underlying theme of everything. How do, how do I live like that? By making his presence the most important thing in your life. I wish I could wow you with something that's deeper. (laughs) But it's just about that. It's just really about me living my life saying, Jesus, would you show up? I love you, Jesus. Just that life that's saying, I'm in love with God, and God's in love with me, and we're living in communion together. When I'm in the car, when I'm working on my, at my job, you are going to become more loving than you've ever been in your life. You're going to become more fruitful than you've ever been in your life just because you're worshiping him better. Just because you're loving on him more. What are you doing? Give me. We want systems. God wants relationship. Well, tell me. Tell me. How do you get out of the five success? How would you you get successful in, in three points? Can you show me your model? Well, I wish I had something clever to tell you. But I just get up every morning, and I get before God and say, God, I love you. And I just want goodness to show up. I just want you to come and breathe life on all the people I encounter today. And that's what happens. And at the end of the day, when I lay my head on my bed and I go to sleep, I'm like, God, thank you for today. And I thank you tomorrow that we get to do it again. And then they're like, yeah, but give me the system. And you're going, goodness and mercy, just follow me. Because I've made my life about him. Ezekiel 47. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of the trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, and they will be watered by the river flowing from the temple. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the temple is the presence of Jesus. The temple is you 
in your communion with God. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. I just prophesy to some of you right now, the people are going to start getting healed at your job. You're going to be working. You aren't going to do anything. You're just going to be like, hey, it was good to meet you. And healing's going to flow. Just like that, just like Peter. Remember what happened to Peter when he was walking around and his shadow fell on people and they got healed? That's normal. Welcome to the new normal. Our shadows fall on people and they get healed. What did you do, Peter? Give me the five steps in the book to teach me how to lay hands on people. I didn't lay hands on them. My shadow fell on them. And they took note that I'd been with Jesus. What did you do, Peter? Well, I just followed Jesus, and healing followed me. Let's stand today.